On today's episode, we're gonna talk about a lot of the unsexy parts of Amazon. However, these shouldn't be overlooked since they can impact your business in a big way. Things such as your IPI score, flat files, reserve inventory, and more. How cool is that? Pretty cool, I think. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Serious Sellers Podcast by Helium 10. I am your host, Bradley Sutton, and this is the show that's a completely BS-free, unscripted, and unrehearsed, organic conversation about serious strategies for serious sellers of any level in the Amazon world. We've got a serious seller here from Florida. Vanessa, how's it going? Hi, Bradley. Good. How about you? Thank you for inviting me. Thank you for coming on. You know, we've known each other on like Clubhouse and some of these other apps, and I met you for the first time, I believe, in person when I saw you there in Florida a few weeks ago. And so, uh, primeramente, ¿de dónde eres? Eres de Venezuela, ¿verdad? You're from Venezuela? Yeah, I'm from Venezuela. Now, your last name, is that a Venezuelan <laughs> last name? No, that's a Chinese last name. So are you, are you like half or? Uh, well, my great-granddad, was Chinese. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So is there is there a Chinese community there in Venezuela? Um yeah, from when my great granddad came to Venezuela. Um it was like a huge migration from China when they were and stuff like that. But recently there because Venezuela is doing like a lot of uh deals with China, the mm -hmm. population of Chinese people just grew because of that. But they're like mm. new. So yeah, you see, like, Chinese town and, you know, places like yeah. that. Okay, cool. Like, did you ever learn uh, any Chinese growing up at all? No, no. In my house, we didn't spoke Chinese. Like, my grandfather didn't learn from his dad, so, yeah. He yeah, didn't okay, pass. Yeah, so similar with me. me. I mean, even less than great-grandfather, you know, like, being half Filipino, I never really learned Tagalog uh, growing up. But anyways... What we're here to talk about is is kind of like your Amazon journey. So did you ever like just start selling on Amazon yourself or were you kind of like me and, and you started off almost as a consultant? Um, I'm selling right now, but I start as an e-commerce manager for a company mm -hmm. that had retail stores. So I just... Well, how long ago was this? Uh, three years. Okay. So um, recently? Yes. So that was late 2017. Um, so, so then like they had a company and then you were hired to help with e-commerce and then part of the e-commerce was, Hey, you need to know what's going on on Amazon. Yeah. So basically they didn't have any presence on e-commerce and they choose mm -hmm. to go, uh, to Amazon. Uh, they sell, uh, branded products. So they're like a retail store. They don't have their own brands. So they saw Amazon as the opportunity to go and they didn't know anything about it. And I may have say that I know something. So mm -hmm. they were like, okay, you're hired. <laughs> and I started that way. We started like from scratch, like from day zero, from opening the account to list the first product and then growing, growing the, the catalog to like thousands of SKUs. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that's, that's how I learned everything. And I was with them like full time as uh, the e-commerce manager for a year and a half. And then after that, I started consulting other sellers, like, but just like a side hustle kind of helping friends and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, but 
my agency now, Online Seller Solutions, became like a real thing and, and something completely separate of the other job that I had um, mm-hmm. just last year. Cool. So so your your journey into Amazon is is somewhat similar, uh, you know, to mine. I was working for a company that that was just selling on Amazon, but um, I learned a little bit there, but you know, ma- mainly learned on, on my own as well, and and then started my own thing actually later. So how long have you just yourself been selling your own products on Amazon? In 2019, mm-hmm. I lo- launched a, a PL brand with a partner, and that was a complete failure. Uh, we did everything wrong uh, from a perspective and there was a lot of issues with the production and manufacturing um, which is not my strong suit so mm-hmm. yeah after that we recover like uh, from the loss and launch again in October last year with a different brand a different product and we're selling that um, it's not at this moment, it's not my main focus. This that's just running and it's growing organically, very slowly. Um, but yes, what I'm what I'm doing now, it's more like the agency part and consulting other sellers. But I mean, I'm sure you could you see the advantage of of doing it yourself. I mean, like for me, that's why I actually started. You know, later. You know, I, I was a consultant, obviously, but as a consultant, I was actually doing things for people. So like I was still in the game, even though I wasn't necessarily selling for myself. But then when I came here to Helium 10, I'm like, I had to stop the consulting because I was kind of full-time Helium 10. And I was like, wait a minute, like my, if I, if I just stop and I'm not in the game, you know, my Amazon knowledge is going to get out of date really fast because of how, how fast things change. So that's when I actually started. So like, I'm sure you can see the advantage of, of as, as, as your, you know, for the agency, like being in the game yourself, it probably helps you because you're going to come across things that they're going to come across eventually your, your clients, right? Oh, no. Yeah, totally. Actually, um, I can say that I'm not that interested in my account. It's because mm-hmm. I don't have enough problems there. So yeah. what I love is like solving problems for sellers. So I I get clients that have problems for every like thing in, that you can imagine, like different stuff. So when you get to consult people and you get to see many different accounts, different products, different categories, you really get to know what is Amazon. Today, I wanted to talk a lot about, you know, strategy and things, but especially, I, I forgot, I, I think I saw it on your Instagram once or something, how you described, you know, some of your specialties is, is something like you said, the unsexy parts of Amazon or something like that, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So the very first thing, it seems like, I think it's might be your favorite thing to ever talk about. And it's, it's, it's funny because that's the one thing that I absolutely hate. And I never even want to have to deal with. Do you know what I'm about to say? Flat files. Flat files. Yeah. I hate flat files. I've never, I I've used it a couple of times, like for, um, I mean, I guess you can consider flat file, not the flat file for a listing, but like, you know, on the ones where I have to do it, like where I'm activating a, um, subscribe and save, or I am, I am, uploading a whole list of orders to do for multi-channel fulfillment, you know, like a hundred different orders, you know, I'm not going to go one by one. Okay. I can download a CSV file and follow the instructions. But then the one thing I have just like avoided, like COVID is the old phrase is avoided like the plague, but I think we can say avoided like COVID is the flat files for like listings. But if you were to say, I know there's a lot of reasons to use it, but what would you say is the number one reason or advantage of using flat files when you're uploading a, a new or editing an existing listing? 
it's the control that flat files give you. Um, it's not only that you can change stuff, but when you make changes with the flat file, those changes tend to uh, be more powerful in, in a mm -hmm. sense. So it, see it this way, and, and I just uh, explained this to somebody, like um, a seller that don't know how flat files is like when a kid doesn't want to eat broccoli when they are little, but then when they grow up, they see like, oh, broccoli is healthy, so I'm going to be healthy and I'm going to eat broccoli, and they start eating greens, right? So it's yep. the same way. Once you start using and kind of understanding the way flat files work, that completely changed the game for catalog management. Honestly, like mm -hmm. I can say that in the catalog uh, side of, of Amazon, uh, every single problem can be solved with a flat file. And if you cannot solve it, at least having the flat file will help seller support to solve it faster. So it's extremely powerful. It's a tool that is available to anybody, you don't. You honestly don't need to do like a course or anything really special. Just like common sense and following the instructions. Um, yes, it has problems, but uh, solving problems through flat files give you like a much broad perspective on what what is the catalog. And yeah. and when people tell me like, oh, I never, I have never heard of templates. I have never heard of flat files. That they are leaving an opportunity there in the table to mm -hmm. put more information in their listings and prevent and protect themselves from hijackers to come in and change stuff. And that's where I see flat files play a huge role. It's just, how, how, how is that? How does doing a flat file protect you from hijackers more than if you're just editing your listing in, in Seller Central? Okay, so look, um, a category flat file, it has is a huge Excel file where with a lot of columns with a lot of fields with that that you need to input information. So okay. um you see there and there are maybe a hundred different fields that you need to input for one product. When you go to seller central you only see the um, required fields that you need to input. Like for example in the viral info of course that's that's uh required every time and maybe in the compliance you have something there in the keywords you have some fields but what is yeah. what is cool about flat files is that 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 what you, we see in the back end of a listing that you can multiply time times 10 and you see all the fields that a flat file has so imagine if if in the back end of seller central you only see one line to write the style of a product maybe mm -hmm. in the flat file there are five different uh, cells or, or columns to fill the information there. So that's a space to put keywords. That's space to put information. And one thing that happened when sellers don't input anything in those fields and they say like, oh, this doesn't apply to me or, or this is not relevant for my customer, so I'm, I'm not going to put anything there. Somebody else can come with the wrong intentions and put a forbidden keyword in that space. Why? because there is no contribution. The owner of the listing didn't put anything. So Amazon sees, sees that as, uh, okay, this seller comes, like wants to come in and contribute to this listing to make it better. But in reality, they just wanted to hurt, hurt you or it's your competition that wants to change stuff. Have you ever tested, like, you know, for, I was always meaning to test this, especially when so many listings started getting their uh, subject matter taken away. 
Like, are you still able to upload subject matter in a flat file, even if it's in Seller Central, you don't have it anymore? Or if you don't have it in Seller Central, that means you pretty much can't do it in flat file either. Well, that's that's an interesting question. And and I don't know, uh, lately, I I work, the, the thing is with flat files, um, they can be customized, okay? So mm-hmm. when you download a, a category a template, for example, you're selling food, a food item, you download the category, the, the template for that category where you have all these fields specifically for that category. But if you ever yeah. wanted to add a column, you could do it. And this is this is the interesting part, and this is where I play with flat files a lot. I just go there and say, like, okay, maybe here in this flat file, I want to add something like subject matter in case it's not there. I I see it there. Like I see it now in, in recent flat files. I always see subject matter. I don't know if something changed in some category, but um Imagine that I just wanted to put subject matter. I know what's the name of the column that I want to create. Yeah. So it's called subject matter. And they also have like a, like a special code below that, which is, I don't know, a specific uh, keywords there. So the system can read it. And then I just create that column and input it. When I do that, that information goes to the listing. Even when we don't really necessarily see it in Seller Central, but it changes stuff, stuff in the front end. So that's that's why they are so powerful because it's customizable. And you can add things where in in where flat files don't have it, you can just add it if you see that is that is needed. That brings me to my next question about flat files is I think a lot of people when they're worried about flat files is is like they've already got a listing and then Seller Central sometimes will tell them if something doesn't work, like, all right, we'll try a flat file. And then what a lot of sellers are worried about is, wait a minute, I just need to change this one thing. If I upload this flat file without filling everything out, like, is it gonna overwrite the uh, listing? And now, you know, like, what, what do you say? I'm sure people have told you that, like, hey, isn't this gonna overwrite my entire listing if I don't put the whole thing in here? Of course, yes. And and that's all the the question uh, that, that people always tell me, like, if I upload the flat file, should I do it in a full update or partial update? But when we download any flat file of any uh, category, we can, in Seller Central, choose what fields we want to input or, or what sections. So if, imagine that you are, that you want to just change the images of your product right? Just the Mm -hmm. pictures. Yeah. So you can customize that your flat file will only have, obviously, the required ones that that's not an option. You always need to input that. The required fields are like the UPC or the ASIN, the title, the brand, the SKU. That's just for Amazon to to know what's the product that you're talking about or or you want to change. And then you, you can select the section that is called images, which is normally yellow. So you just choose that flat file with the requires, with the, the required fields and the images, and that's it. And you don't have all the rest of the other fields to input. So when you input only that and you upload that, nothing will change because you just uh, put the right information. Of course, you still need to put the title, still need to put the brand, 
the async on, on, on those required uh, fields, but uploading just the section that you want to change, that's the best. All right, guys, quick break from this episode for the BTS Bradley's 30 seconds. Here's my 30 second tip. We've been talking a little bit in this uh, episode about subject matter. and That's in the back end of your search terms. And so regardless if you have the subject matter or not, uh, almost every listing, uh, at least here in the United States, has search terms. So the search terms and the subject matter are what's considered the back end of your listing. All right. So if you do have either one and you have some keywords that you just can't get indexed, you know, you've put it in your bullet points, maybe even your, in your title and you've put it in your description and just you, you use Helium 10 index checker and it says you're not indexed. Try putting the keyword into search terms as subject matter. If it's not a forbidden keyword in about 10, 15 minutes, it's actually going to up, uh, upload, you know, wh whether you're doing it in Seller Central or using a flat file and you'll be able to index. Usually if it's not a forbidden keyword, you'll index in like 10 or 15 minutes if it's in the subject matter or search terms. And if it's still not indexed, that means unknowingly, it's probably a forbidden keyword. Like it may be a branded word or a trademark word that you didn't even realize. So just open up a case with Seller Central and ask them, Hey, why can't I get searchable? for this keyword that I have in my search terms and they'll usually let you know. But again, subject matter, search terms, guys, a great way to get almost immediately indexed for words that you normally wouldn't get indexed perhaps in your description. So let's say I'm a seller out there right now. Uh, I, I'm um, getting a little bit interested. I wanna go ahead and test out, you know, check some of these extra fields that we have and, and do this. I've already got a listing on Amazon. What's the step? Like, where do I download the template from for my product and then, um, What's the best way to upload it? Okay, so you're gonna go to Seller Central and you're gonna tap the inventory uh, tab and then inventory reports. On inventory reports, you may see uh, in the drop down menu, you may see something that's called the category listing report. If you don't see it, you need to call seller support or open a case, just email them. It's it's really fast, really quick. Just call them or email them and tell them like, hey, I need the category listing report. And they will allow you to, to download that report. They will make it available in your seller central and you will be able to download that. What is the car category listing report? It's the, the flat file with the, all the information for your whole catalog. So you will see there all your listings and all the information that you have input to those listings. Mm -hmm. So there, you you even see fields that are not uh, applicable to your uh, specific category, and you will see them in in gray. So they if they don't apply, you just see them in gray, and and you don't need to change anything there. But if you wanna change something or see what you have there, what you have in the back end, because sometimes, and that's another thing that can happen, um, you are testing a new product and you're launching a new strategy and you change the mm -hmm. keywords, right? So in the keywords, in other attributes on, or in the subject matter, when you create a listing, you put uh, ABC, but now you already gathered some data and you want to change that ABC to X, Y, and Z. So when you download the flat file or, or the category listing report, that will tell you what is exactly there. So what is in the back end of the of Amazon catalog? So you may see that ABC is still there when you when when it happened that you already changed it to X, Y, and Z. So 
those things, those that information is what makes the, the category listing report so valuable because you can see what you have input and if the changes went through the through through Amazon's catalog. And in case you you it doesn't it didn't change, you can just upload it again as a as a full update. Uh, mm-hmm. a flat file can uh you can when once you do it and and this is when we pretend that this seller is already has ASINs in their catalog. So they they have a bunch of ASINs, they can download the category listing report and see the whole catalog. And they want to change something, they change it there and upload it. And you upload it in the inventory section, add products via upload. And there, there are three tabs. The second tab is upload the, the file. And you're just going to select your file and use uh, category uh, templates that from the drop-down menu and just upload mm-hmm. it there. After you upload it, the, the system will automatically send you to the uh, status report where you see if, if your flat file went through or not. So the system will tell you like, hey, your flat file got some errors and these are the errors. You can download the report with all the errors that you have or it will tell you success. And if it says success, that means that you're you're good to go and the changes were uh, made and it can be like, it can take up to 24 hours to reflect on amazon.com. With flat files, I seen that is super fast. So if you if you use a flat file and you don't see the changes in five hours, there is something there. There is something wrong because they normally don't take that long. Uh, versus in Seller Central, a change in Seller Central can actually take more than twenty four hours. A thing that I think has been around, I, I've seen this come on, you know, sometimes like you know two three years ago, and then I didn't hear about it for a while, and then again I'd hear about it in Facebook groups and things like that is when people get hit with like the pesticide notification or sometimes their product even gets suspended or something, they say, Hey, this is a pesticide and you got to do this. So like, what's going on with that now? Like I remember a couple years ago, it was more of like, okay, you get this and then you got to fill out some kind of uh training or something like that. And then, and then you got approved. But then a lot of sellers that don't even have a product that has pesticides is like, because they, they get flagged for certain keywords or, or what, what's going on out there with, with the pesticide thing. Sure. Um, well, the regulation have always existed. Like that's uh like a national thing, like the EPA and the FIFRA. But what happened is like for some reason maybe Amazon got sued about a pesticide thing or a violation was like raised to court or something. So they implemented and they start enforcing very hard the pesticide and 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 EPA regulation. Uh how do they do it? Which is not really um, efficient or, or real accurate is that mm-hmm. they roll the system on an, an algorithm that triggers, uh, uh, th- that gets triggers when somebody puts a pesticide keyword in their listing. So it can be something as you put in your product, like this kills bacteria, which is a very heavy like pesticide claim, of course, or something as I don't know, bug free or or something that it can be intemp- interpreted in some way as a pesticide claim. So one one of the 
huge ones that that I really couldn't understand why they would be a pesticide here. But uh, for the clothing, you know, the clothing that is UPF, so uh, sunproof, you know, those that protect you from the sun. So it says like UPF plus 50 or UPS plus whatever. Those That keyword got triggered as a pesticide. And you say like, why? This is ridiculous. And the mm-hmm. system, because it's automatic, they just trigger those keywords and they suppress the listings or they you get a notification in the account held dashboard saying that you have a restricted policy product violation and and they, they tell you like yeah this is a pesticide you may get an email saying like this is a pesticide or we think this is a pesticide and what is at the end is that you are using a pesticide keyword so that's very sad and hard for sellers that use or or kind of use those claims to drive yeah. traffic because it's it's hard to explain sometimes something that you want to say maybe you're selling a cup and you want to say like this is antimicrobial but is it really and to claim that in in legal terms like in, yeah. by the law you really need to prove that and to prove that you need to have the EPA registration and all the regulation and comply to with all the yeah all the documents and compliance that they require so you don't get to make those claims unless you have the EPA and this is really um, Amazon watching their back. Uh, it's not something that makes sense because I've seen products that are like a spatula that is mm-hmm. got triggered as a pesticide and you're like, this obviously is not a pesticide. What we need to do as sellers to prevent that and, and fight it and fix it. So to prevent, it's just not use that. Like don't use those keywords. I feel that this situation, it it makes us being clever about how we can target or how we can market our products. So putting like better copy and better keywords or more specific stuff, try to avoid any kind of uh, pesticide keywording. And to fix it, in case you uh, got, got uh, suppressed, a suppressed listing because of this, First of all, of course, you need to go inside the listing and see if you are using any keyword that can be interpreted as a pesticide. But after that, if you don't see anything, and some, uh, and I see this sometimes where with products that are don't have anything related with pesticides, and for some reason they got triggered, you just need to go to the compliance tab in in the edit page of your listing and go to the very very bottom of the page. And there you see three fields, the EPA fields. So in the first one, it will ask you for the uh, type of EPA um, document. So it can be a a registration number or an establishment number. And in the second one, it asks you what is your, or well, it gives you three options to to tell Amazon what is your product. So the first option, it, it says something like, this is a pesticide or a or a pesticide device. The second option is this is not a pesticide uh, or pesticide device. And the third option is like this is this product applies for an exemption. Okay. So what I what I recommend is using in the first one using the EPA registration number, and in the second field just 
saying this is not a pesticide or pesticide device. And then click save mm -hmm. and finish. Normally with that and not having any keywording that can trigger the pesticide algorithm, you're good to go. You the, the listings will go immediately okay. available and and the account held notification will go away. Okay, cool. All right, one more thing I've seen you talk about before. I mean, there's plenty of things we can just go on and on, but we have a time limit here is, is you talked before about the climate pledge friendly badge. Like, have you ever checked like somebody who didn't have it and then they did and then like conversion rate went up 1% or, or anything? Like, have you ever studied like if it actually helps or or um, we're just assuming that it kind of helps? Yeah, no, no, I haven't. Uh, the clients that I work with, they already had it when when I just went in. And the ones that what I know is that it's not that easy to get them uh, because it's not something that Amazon just give it to you because you apply. Uh, you yeah. actually need to go to a, a special organization. There are more than 10 organizations that they like back up as the cl climate friendly like organizations. So you can get like Energy Star. So Energy Star, I don't know if you have it in your computer. Mine is a PC and I see like the sticker of Energy Star. Yeah. Uh and they they apparently are climate friendly. Uh and if you if your product is part of the Energy Star like organization or it has the certification, you can apply for the climate climate pledge friendly badge. Hmm. And, and you can have it. It's, it's easy once you have the documentation. Um, the issue is then to get the to get the certification from one of these organizations. Some of them cost you a lot of money. Some of them is just apply and and we see if you you know you're good to to, to do it or not. Um, there are some like for example the carbon free certification. That's yeah. a very extensive process and, and you can you need to provide a lot of things because that's like all your supply chain needs to be carbon free and stuff like that. It'd be interesting. I mean, I think a lot of these we don't really know, but then like, you know, I've talked before about getting the minority owned business badge or or the small business, you know, certification. Like any of these things, I think, you know, like, yeah, sure, maybe we could do some before and after tests, but I think it just it just makes sense that that it's not gonna hurt you. <laughs> like, uh oh. This listing is climate friendly. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to buy this one. Yeah. You know. So like, it can only you know help. And so anything that that you guys can do to to give you a, a leg up over the competition, you know, might as well do it. So then you you get if you have one of those, you know, like you said, Energy Star or or um, you know, Carbon those free. different uh, those different ones. Then you just go into Seller Central, and then how how do you like tell them that you're certified so that you can get that badge? If you go on Google and type climate pledge friendly program amazon mm -hmm. it give you like it go it redirects you to the uh page climate friendly page on amazon.com and over there at the very bottom you can click apply here and i'm i'm seeing here that the they ask you for the certification name the certification organization what is your website and your email address? And you can like put there the information of your product and that's the way we apply. Um, it's easy once you get the certification. Like once you have that, it's super easy to do it on Amazon. It's actually automatic because once the organi if the organization is backed up by Amazon 
and you have a, a certification from them, it's almost immediately. Um, mm. They don't. They, that doesn't take a lot of time because who bet who bets the product? It's the organization, not Amazon. Oh, okay. All right, makes sense. All right, cool. Now you've been you know giving us a lot of different strategies and and tips here, but we we do something on the show called that or the TST thirty second tip. So. What is something we haven't talked about today that maybe you can give as a strategy that like 30 seconds or less, but highly valuable, highly actionable for the Amazon sellers who are listening out there? Now, with the climate that we have with the restock limits and all the limitations that Amazon is giving to us to send more products, I really do recommend you guys to go and check your reserve inventory. So there is a report on Amazon in the fulfillment reports called reserve inventory where you can download there and see like all the units, all the ASINs and FNSQs that have been reserved. And you can open cases and ask Amazon to release them. So what happened with the reserve inventory is that they just highlighted it in the, in the warehouse. And for some reason, the process is not really automatic where they just fix it. For example, they just uh, reweight it or or they measure it again, and they put it back uh, available. No, it takes time. And the reserve inventory is taking space from our limits. So if that's an option that you can just do today, and if you open a case and you find out that you have 100 units just in reserve, and you open the case and tell them like, hey, this has been in reserve inventory for a long time, can you see what's happening? They can come and tell you like, no, it's okay, Vanessa. Uh, that's the process. It can take up to 30 days or they can tell you, oh, you're right. That's available now. So okay. that change and impacts dramatically your your limits because it, it's something that is in your inventory. So they think it's taking space, but it's actually not available to be sold. So, so clients or customers cannot just buy that because it's reserved. It's like a stranded inventory. but from a from a ghost perspective side, so that's an actionable tip that I can give you that you can do like today, open the case today and see what changes are like happening in your limits because it will make a lot of units available. Okay, cool. You know what? I'm gonna ask you something right here while we're live on the air. You know, a lot of this stuff, I think, like we just said, you know, how you describe it as the unsexy parts of Amazon, you know, but they. They can have a big impact on you. A lot of these things that we talked about. So, you know, we have tens of thousands of of listeners here on the podcast, and and so we 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 got them some of your information. We have tens of thousands of readers on our blog. Like, what would you say about maybe coming on as a writer? You know, like every every couple of months or something, just a little, a, a small piece on one of these things about the unsexy side of Amazon. Would, would can you commit to doing that here in front of everybody so they can look forward to that? Sure, I'd love to. Um, actually, I love it. Awesome. I mean, I don't know if you're going to get to read it all because it's very boring, <laughs> but I write it like that. Uh, that's content that I put every day on my Instagram or, you know, I made SOPs internally for my team. So that content, it already exists. Just people don't really care about it. So I just save it. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Hey, uh, I mean, there's a lot of stuff, you know, there, there's a lot of the sexy parts of Amazon, like, Hey, search, find, buy, yeah, and, like ACOS, and PPC and, and, and this and that, yeah. but, but success on Amazon has to do with everything, you know? So, so it, it's, it's a, it's a full 
plan of attack you guys need to have, including these unsexy things. So I think it's important that we we go over it. So thank you for that. But in the meantime, before you know, you start writing that. How can people find you on the interwebs if they want to uh, reach out to you to get some help on something with their accounts or to find out more information about this? Y, y también tienes como una página en español, ¿verdad? Sí. Um, so the fastest way to reach out to me it's on Instagram at Fulltime Amazon. That's my channel of communication in English. Uh, para español es arroba Amazon a toda hora. Um, so I'm pretty active on Instagram. I'm actually using the same uh, handle for Facebook, so full-time Amazon. And the website for the agency is Online Seller Solutions. If you have like something really like long and don't want to do a DM on Instagram, you can always email me to Vanessa at fulltimeamazon.com. And yeah, those are the ways you can contact me or my team. Okay, perfect, perfect. Well, muchísimas gracias. Uh, thank you so much for coming on here, Vanessa, and, and talking about these things. Uh, are you going to be at the uh, Prosper Show yes. in Vegas? Yes, see you Okay, cool. Prosper. Well, I'll see you there. And are you coming to our social? I don't know. How can I come? Like, I, I feel... I'll contact you to get you the invite, but um, everybody, uh, I'll tell you right now, she's going to be at our social. Even though she didn't know about it until three <laughs> seconds ago, she'll be at the social. So you guys look out for Vanessa there and you can ask her uh, some of these questions too. So, so Vanessa, thank you so much for joining us and uh, we'll be looking forward to your, your blog contributions to us. Thank you, Bradley.